What's the nature of your emergency? Welcome back to the Tactical Living Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Walton, joined by Detective Walton. Glenn, how are you? I'm good. It's pretty nice to be hanging out with you and spending a weekend together. It's not usually something we get all the time. I know. I enjoy it. And then in a week, we get to spend a whole week together, which is going to be nice. So thank you for hanging out with me. And <laughs> thank you for spending your time off recording with me. I, I look forward to it every weekend. I am not a sports fan. I'm actually the worst fanatic in the entire world. I think we can dub myself. <laughs> <laughs> and I've, I've just never been into anything that would constitute being a fan of, of any particular industry, any particular sport, any particular team. I, I'm just not that. I've never been that. And I think it, I could attribute that to my upbringing. You know, being a fan of things wasn't big in our household. I, I think it's the same to be said for the boys. My brothers aren't that way either. Yeah. You, on the other hand, you're a little fanatical. Over certain things, I am. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about being a fan because I have recently learned about a man named John Wooden, who apparently ESPN voted as one of the best coaches of all time. And I had to do a little bit of research to even understand who he is. Apparently, he coached basketball. And you had said for... The UCLA Bruins. Okay, so we got that straightened out. I mean, can't help his college preference, but hey. So something deeper and I think even better about some of what this man brought to the world is actually something that has nothing to do with the sport at all. And what he did was... He came into his teams and he taught them fundamentals. And we don't often relate fundamentals with coaches. And he had such an inspiring story that I wanted to bring it here to be able to share with everybody because he walked into his new team. And one thing that he would ask them is, can we have a masterpiece practice? So instead of saying something like, can you do this in particular? Can you do that? He asked everybody, can can we just have a masterpiece practice? And he allowed everybody to go in with the mindset of being the best that they could be at any particular moment. And what he did was he actually taught his players how to put on socks properly. Hmm. Could you imagine you have this new coach coming into the locker room and he says, "Okay, gents, we're going to learn how to put on socks today. (laughs) Like you might have thought that this guy was off his rocker, right? And it's because he was able to teach such basic fundamentals that he, I believe, was able to become what they're deeming to be one of the best coaches of all time. And that sounds simple, right? That actually sounds stupid simple. And I've been talking a lot about having things that are so simple that you can't fail at them. And it's the same mindset for Wooden. And you might wonder why, but If you have even one small wrinkle in your sock, especially when you are as athletic as people who are on a a sports team like this, then it could cause blisters. And if you have blisters on your feet, it's going to be very, very difficult for you to have a masterpiece practice, a masterpiece training. And I thought that was such a cool story because he talks about how success is full effort and it's not about winning. 
And you can't be a winner, nor can you have full effort if you don't even have the basic fundamentals knocked down. It makes a lot of sense in so many ways. I mean, if we break everything down to the basics and you start at step A and then you go into like sub step A1 and go through each of those steps to set yourself up for success, like it really can make a big difference. I mean, if you're not focused in winning and you're focused on doing the absolute best that you can in every instance within that game, like you're going to inevitably win because other teams aren't going to have that same approach. Yeah. And this relates so much to life, especially if you're a first responder. I'm thinking about a lot of the different teams, so to speak, that you've been on, Clint, a lot of the different details, a lot of the different aspects where you've been shifted under different levels of leadership in your career. And we just celebrated your 14 years Mm -hmm. as a police officer. Congratulations. Thank you. And I'm bringing that up because I remember Jocko saying that there are not any bad teams. There are only bad leaders. There's only bad leadership. And think about that for a second, because we've all been a part of a team and we've all compared ourselves to the other team. And whether it's in the workplace or it is an actual sport that you've been a part of, I think that we can understand that sentiment that Draco shared that sometimes we've just been mismanaged and sometimes we've been misguided. But it makes me wonder what would happen if we all strove to be the type of leader that embodied the importance of teaching the fundamentals. Even something as simple as learning how to properly run or walk on a treadmill is so vital when it comes to being able to lose the weight or to be more athletic or to get healthy. You know, this is something that I actually started incorporating into my approach with managing the mounted unit within our department. And it's, I think it took me time to realize, like, for myself that I am a leader when it comes to this. And, and in our last training, that's how I started setting that foundation. And let's just start at the basics. Let's get into new habits of how we're going to approach this stuff. And when I started doing that, I realized instead of assuming my writers knew how to do certain things, they didn't really know how to do it. And I had to almost start all over from the very beginning. And it was actually cool to see their progression and their excitement to start getting more involved with it. And it's really cool starting at those basics, setting that foundation up and then building from there. I think a lot of the times too, we need to set our egos to the side. And that's something I've gotten very, very good at. I would much rather when someone asks me, do you know this? Do you know about this? Do you know how to do this? Usually one of my first responses is I'm familiar, but can you show me or can you teach me in a way to where it was like I never had any experience with it at all? And the reason that I keep that in my pocket is because the way that your the way that you're going to teach me how to shoot a gun is going to be completely different than the way that anybody else is going to teach me how to shoot a gun. And that's going to be based on their experience, their education, how they were taught. And the coolest thing about being able to humble ourselves down to that level is that we're going to pick up so much more than if we were to just say, oh, yeah, I know how to do that. 
Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And when I'm thinking about the the mounted unit, I think it might even be a good idea to have somebody come out and to maybe train on the basic fundamentals, you know, starting from how to saddle your horse, the proper way to the proper stance, how to sit on a horse, how to maneuver with a horse, the proper way to clean their hooves or how to wash a horse, like all of those fundamentals, because it's just assumed that everybody knows how to do that because they're sitting on a saddle. But it's not necessarily the best way to be able to do things. No, absolutely. And and that's, I think, the world that I'm opening up is I don't need to be an expert in everything. Let me be the expert in finding the people who are. And and that's the approach of I and I what I feel is a good leader to know to drop that ego and say, look, I'm not the expert in this, but let me find someone who is. Yeah. And I think when we frame things in that way, then it allows us to keep the engagement because otherwise you're going to have those droopy eyes, people nodding off, thinking they already know, you know, but when we approach it in that way and we're able to, to say, well, they're going to share something and you might not have heard it taught this way before. So perk up your attention a little bit. And when we consider, again, it's all about ego because it's so easy for us to be dismissive and think that we know how to do all of the things. And if, if you're like me and you're in your 30s, then I I would recommend doing something as simple as looking on YouTube and Googling how to write in cursive, right? That's <laughs> literally one of the fundamentals that we were taught. And I can guarantee that some of the curves and some of the attachments of the letters are going to be so much different than you were either taught or that you remember how to do because it's not something regularly practiced. And it's really funny you say that. I'm racking my head now thinking, can I even still write cursive? I haven't written it in so long that I would probably fail at it. You think so? I I probably And I think that's one of those things that might seem pointless and useless to some people. I personally love to write in cursive still. And um, this is going to sound strange, but I remember I received so many accolades when I was younger about my penmanship writing in cursive. And I think that that kind of boasted me a little bit and was one reason why I continue to write in cursive. Hmm. So it, it seems so simple and it seems silly, but there are fundamentals for everything that we do. And I want to share one more thing before we wrap this up. We have an incredible dentist and on her Facebook page, she posts the most random dental and hygiene tips that you could ever imagine. And she had once taught me, this was about maybe 10 years ago, the proper way to actually brush your teeth. And this is not like, because I didn't know how to brush my teeth. This was just, I think we were talking about um, maybe gums bleeding or something like that. And she had told me that mo- a majority of people do not brush their teeth properly and that you should not be holding any more pressure than you could dangle with your index finger and your thumb with holding the toothbrush. That's how light the pressure should be when you're brushing your teeth. And ever since then, that's how I try to do it. Like that light of pressure when I'm brushing my teeth. And that sounds silly, right? I'm thinking back to elementary school with that big plastic mouth and that giant toothbrush that they showed us how to brush and floss our teeth with. And yet I I don't remember that part. And maybe I forgot, but maybe I just wasn't taught the proper way. And maybe the techniques have changed. That's another good point 
evolution happens and things things do tend to change. So I think that there are many things in our life if we pause and we just we just take a second to think about I think a good starting point is what are the things that we do so regularly? And even if it is cooking eggs, right? What if you looked at a video on the expert of in the world of cooking eggs? I just recently saw a new French way of cooking eggs and you know, those types of things, they seem so minute, but there is probably a better way or ways for us to improve in every area of our life if only we allow ourselves to be able to just look into it a little bit. And so I hope that you do today. I hope you've gotten some value out of today's episode. If you have, do us a favor, drop a review, subscribe down below. And as always, know that I'm sending you a long, tight hug from my home to yours.